the sorts of clients that I work with typically, they're building their passion project. They started from scratch. They've got a team around them, but they're stuck. They can't grow yet, right? And you can't fix a system overnight. Honestly, you can't even fix systems in two months. You need at least three and before you start to really see a long-term effect. What are you going to do in six months? Well, we need a process for review. Like, is there a new tool? Is there a more, is there a way to automate this now? Have we got the volume that we should be employing a new software? Or can we delegate this now? In-house team has done this so tightly that we could save 75% of the wages and get someone else to do that offshore, you know? So absolutely, there are always better ways. And so the only way out is to realise that your business was a, a vehicle for freedom and you need to get back to that mission to enjoy real success. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit outsourcingangel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to Kerri-Ann Nelson, founding director at Operation Verve. Kerri-Ann is known for her obsession with formalizing workplace processes to make things run smoothly. Having transformed her debt-ridden family business after her husband's unexpected death in 2014, Kerri-Ann now teaches entrepreneurs across the globe to revel in the snowballing freedoms which come from streamlined systems. Listen on as she shares her journey of turning debt into success and learn about her freedom machine method of how to make your business run like a well-oiled machine without you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss series. And today I have my good friend, Carrie ann Nelson. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Lynn. How are you going? I'm good. So glad to have you. Is it cold where you are now? It's not too bad. There was a really heavy fog this morning, but it's really gorgeous and sunny now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your journey in yeah, being passionate about kind of systems and freedom, freedom for business owners. Yeah. I really love because that is exactly what I live for. It's time freedom, you know, financial freedom and all that. And But I really wanted you to take us to your story, your journey, because I think that's inspiring and, and, pow- and oh. powerful. Oh, good. I hope it's inspiring. I said to someone the other day, I was chatting in LinkedIn and I said, my story inspires me sometimes. And I look and I'm, you know, still living it. And so, you know, here we are. So I had no idea that I was going to end up running this, having this business and helping clients build their systems and processes. Zero idea. It was never an ambition of mine. I've got sort of two backgrounds, I guess. I've got a background as an educator. So I'm a primary teacher by trade and then I've worked at university as a lecturer as well. So I'm really familiar with how people learn and what people need to be supported to do a really great job. So that's sort of the first foundational piece. But then more directly, my business background is in online retail. And I worked with my late husband to build that platform literally from scratch and, and we made some really bad business decisions early in the piece. So over the course of 10 years, we started out from our humble little eBay store working out of our garage at home. 
and built that up into a million dollar business. So uh, we were selling vacuum cleaner spare parts online, but it was a really great online business because people didn't want to shop for those sorts of things. They wanted just to be able to go click, click, done, done. I've got my vacuum bags on the way, you know? So from a, from a retail point of view and a business model, it was really great. But our management behind the scenes, now I'm going to use a vacuum joke, really sucked. And so it meant that for as we grew, we grew from, you know, a little garage at home to a warehouse to a bigger warehouse. We moved from our country town in Wagga Wagga, where we lived in New South Wales, through to Melbourne. So all of these sales growing, but all of the expenses growing too. And our management in the back end was terrible. We had no locations for things. We had no automated system for order fulfillment. Like we'd never even done a stock take. So as much money as we made, we spent and, and we were in debt and the debt just progressively built up and supplier debt was the main source of that debt. And it got so stressful and so awful that my husband actually passed away. Uh, he was 37 years old and he had a heart attack and it was a direct result of the pressure that we'd been living with for all of those years. And so but I, we were in a position where I couldn't just shut up shop because I, it would have literally meant bankruptcy. There was too much outstanding you know, debt owing to suppliers. So I had to trade out of it. And so I got really ruthless that year with, yeah, automating, systemizing and building stuff out. So that's how I got into this industry. And the makeover that I did in that business that I was left with resulted in being able to sell my business for a profit 18 months after. And it all came down to how I systemized the business. That and is amazing. Like I said, it's so inspiring because not only are you dealing with someone dying, death, your own husband, and to then, you know, turn your business around, like that is just so amazing. And so was that really that fuel, that motivation for you to go, I don't want to see another business like this again? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Even as I was doing the work, um, I really... I would cry at night and go to work during the day. And I just had to, I had to not put my feelings on hold because that's not even possible, but manage the feelings and I guess put my feelings in boxes where they needed to be so I could do what I had to do. But even as I was going through that, I was thinking I'm living a really significant story that could really help other people. And so for the first year or 18 months after I'd sold the business, I honestly thought I was just going to be a motivational speaker and share people, uh, you know, some of my lessons and tips about how to get through and how to be resilient. And I realized that the people that I was speaking to, business owners, because, you know, they're my favorite, what I was sort of doing is saying, you know, I'm motivating you and I'm inspiring you and you can do whatever you want. And it was like sort of leading them to the edge of the cliff and telling them to jump, but not showing them how. And so I I got to a point where I thought I need to do something more significant to actually pass on knowledge and skills you know the how to of how to get themselves out of their position and more than that how to enjoy the freedom that can come from a really great business yeah and you make a good point i mean you don't want to wait till something as drastic as what's happened to you to for people to wake up you know and but that is also kind of the reason why people still stay where they are and that they know they're busy and they're stressed out of their brain and they just feel like it's just suffocating but they still can't make a change can you Give me a reason, like, I guess, elaborate on the kind of clients or people that you've met that kind of were stuck in that for a long time and why. I know exactly what you're asking me. Yes, absolutely. And this is the pivot point that I think every business owner needs to get to. There's a mindset piece that happens before my clients work with me. 
I've noticed this really common thing, and I'm sure you see it a lot too, Lynn, actually, in the work that you do. People, a lot of business owners, particularly when they're in the small business space, they have, you know, and by small, I mean SME. I don't mean necessarily solopreneur. I mean people that have got their team, but they're wearing their workload like a badge of honour. And it's like they're earning their stripes that they're a real business owner because they're working so hard and they're, you know, they're not lazy. They're really into it and they're achieving their mission. And it's like, actually, there needs to be a mindset shift that you just don't have to work yourself into the ground to achieve what you want. And if you do, you're not actually achieving what you set out to achieve when you started your business anyway. Like, no one started their business to work 60 hours a week. That was never the plan. And yet so many people get into that rut. And so the only way out is to realise that your business was a, a vehicle for freedom and you need to get back to that mission to enjoy real success. Yeah. And so do, when you're talking to clients, are you also asking what is your time goal? Not just financial goal, right? Because like, you know, we're all into business because we wanted that freedom, but we forget our goal. We're like working to get more money. And like you said, your revenue was growing in the past as well. And you keep spending more and you're forgetting that, hang on, it's the lifestyle, the, the time goal that you ultimately want. Is that the issue there that you think most people don't ask themselves what time freedom they want? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think behind that question is all of the other questions around what does your time mean to you? What are you using that time for? How important is your own health? How important is your family? How important is the career progression of your team that you can actually empower them to start to have their own success in their own careers, you know? So the time goal is a huge one. And for a lot, oh my goodness, I can think of a few clients right now off the top of my head who have literally gone years. One client of mine had gone eight years without a holiday. The, oh the only God. break that he had was to go to a family funeral overseas. It's so um, sad, yeah. It is. And I just think, you know, first things first, your weekend has to be a goal, right? You have to decide, I will not work on the weekends anymore, so what do I have to do to make that happen? And then we come down to through, you know, what systems do I have to set up? Is there anything I can automate? Can I outsource offshore? Can I delegate to my staff? What do I need to do to make, you know, to make my weekends happen, get them back. And yeah, yeah absolutely. It's all I about motivation, that. isn't it? Yeah. Once you commit to your decision, what you want, then you just got to figure out a solution. I think Tony Robbins was saying that it's not that we don't have resources. We're not resourceful. That is the difference. That is so good. Zig Ziglar says a similar thing. He says, we all have 24 hours in a, in a day. It's what we're using the 24 hours for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's and right. I know for me, I need to, my calendar has got nine square hours set aside for sleep. I love sleep. Yeah. And I wake up fresh and I can work out during the day and I can manage myself better because I'm alert, I'm refreshed. So yeah, yeah it's the daily routines that make a big difference. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of business owners go, yeah, I know my problem. I need systems, but I don't have time to do systems. Yeah. So what is your answer for that? Yeah, yeah. There's a really great quote. I think the guy's name is Brian Logue. Doesn't matter. He says, if you're too busy to build good systems, you will always be busy. There, there's a simple logic. And that comes around that same pivot point of this doesn't work anymore. I'm exhausted. And, but honestly, the thing that actually brings people to my door is when they stop and they realise, not only am I exhausted, I'm paying too much of a price in my health, my family, my lifestyle. Actually, this isn't even working in my business. I can't grow anymore. 
And that is so often that pivot point. My business can't grow anymore. So all this work that I'm doing is not going to make it better. And that's where you have to stop and think, is this really achieving what I want to achieve? Otherwise, you need to make a change. You can't expect a different result doing the same thing. Yeah. And I also think systems and process, it's not something that you kind of create once and it's set and forget. You've got to always optimize and improve your system so that it's always adapting to your, whether it's new service, new business, new wants in life, right? Because sometimes people think it's like as if it's a, a task to do, like I've got to create my system and then put it away. <laughs> is that what you come across as well? Yeah. Oh, that is so true. And that's where maintenance is a really important part of the work that I do, that it is Okay, so we've, we've found the best way of doing something. We've locked that down with people trained in that way. We've got documented processes for that. We've got instruction video, whatever the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's all set up. And then it's like, what are you going to do in six months? Well, we need a process for review. Like, is there a new tool? Is there a more, is there a way to automate this now? Have we got the volume that we should be employing a new software? Or can we delegate this now? In-house team has done this so tightly that we could save 75% of the wages and get someone else to do that offshore, you know? So absolutely. There are always better ways, always. And it's the system has to build in a system for review and improvement always. Agree. And like, what would you say to people that kind of like, they're too scared to hire people? Like, I mean, they know they want to grow, but then there's that part. But if I hire people, then I don't make have enough money like as in I'm going to lose that income yeah how do you break that because I mean there's no point in having systems without other people doing the work for you because you're just still stuck yes totally in that way the only systems you could make work is an automation which is very important but there are so many tasks that only a human can do or a human is going to do it better than a bot want to make a difference in others lives Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. And so in that case, it really is a thing of, it's the... It's the time for money equation. If you're at capacity, you literally, you know, and after my husband passed away, I was in that position. I was working 16, 18 hour days, go home, sleep for four hours, look after my daughter, get up and do it again. Right. So there's a time that particularly my situation was quite extreme, but there needs to be that investment in the process that you're building out the process to get the time back. And there's no point building a process that isn't going to give you the time. Literally no point. Yeah. So it is a thing of, right, what do I have to do to get this off my desk, build out the system, and you, if you can't let go, you can't grow your business. It's just that simple. You are your own bottleneck. So imagine if I was your client and I'm like, I am so busy, I need help. What would be kind of the process you take me through and yeah, what does it look like? And especially yeah, sure. like I'm too busy to do anything. Is there a lot of things that you would do to make me less busy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we do need to look at first things first. If you've got some burning fires, I would start there. If you're absolutely drowning in this job, we just have to get that off your desk, right? So we would do that. For a system to work, like you said, it's got to be something that can be maintained, something that can be evolved. So you need to go back and have a look. So I always start with structure. 
So there are a lot of business owners that have never done a real organization chart. They might have used an app to pull something together, but they've never actually looked at who's doing what and how many hats each of the people in our team wearing. And so frequently when I do an organization chart with the boss and more often than not, their team is involved in that session. It comes to the point where they're like, no wonder we're so exhausted. Look, I'm doing marketing. I'm doing admin. I'm doing reception. I'm doing, you know, and it just, they realize they're working so many different roles all at once. And that's a great realization because it's a really stark, hang on. I'm doing all of that. No wonder there's a problem. So that's great. And we get that out in one session and then we have a look at, right, how can we break the roles down? How can we actually start to optimize the way things are being done so that we can look at how to delegate and clear that workload? And invariably, the person, while the team is absolutely important because the team keeps the cogs moving, but it's the business owner that for me is my, dare I say, my priority only because they need the clarity, they need the space to be able to think and work strategically. And when they've got that space, because they've got rid of some of that workload, they can manage their team better and they can see the benefits that can come from delegating and automating a bit more effectively. I love it. You just wrapped it up so well. So I'm going to go through this. This is the next part where we're going to get to know a little bit about Kerri-Ann, okay? And this is for the high five. It's five questions, this, all that. You just choose one or the other, and just elaborate a little bit so that we get to understand why you chose that decision, okay? okay. Very simple questions. Like number one, muffins or scones? Ooh. Muffins. Muffins, yeah. Scones can only have raisins and they're like sure. evil. Muffins, you can have like lots of cinnamon and yummy flavours that are, you know, make it better. Scones agree, be agree. Yeah. Number two, walk in the park or on the beach? Park. park? Trees are my church. If you put me in a place full of trees, I'm instantly refreshed and I'm calm and I have this sense of connection not only to the environment, the nature that I'm around, but I stop and think, what has this tree seen? Has this tree been here through how many seasons? And it allows me to connect with the timeline that I'm a part of. It's contextualised. So. Park. Beautiful. So have you been doing a lot more walking in the park since the coronavirus too? Where oh, yes. Likewise, I never really use our park nearby until now. Like, yeah. Just... yeah. <laughs> awesome. Number three is holiday in Asia or holiday in Europe? Europe. I want to go to, I haven't got to Italy yet and, you know, I won't be going there for a little while now. <laughs> but I want to go to Italy so much. I, I want to taste their wonderful wine and enjoy the beautiful oils and tomatoes. And it just seems so lush and rich and gorgeous in culture. It is really good. I've been there once and we loved it. My husband is Italian. He never went to Italy till he was over 40. Like I made him have to go. I said, it's a shame that you haven't been to your own country. You gotta go. So we went together, but yeah, it's as good as you said it is. Can't wait. Or as good as you imagine it to be. All right. Number four. Systems or people? Oh, <laughs> the hard one. <laughs> it's so tough. Of course, I'm going to say systems, but there's a reason for it. Without a system, you can't care for your people properly. Your system allows you to nurture your people. Your system reminds you when it's their birthday and when it's their anniversary and, and how to manage their leave and how to pay them appropriately and how to set them up for wins. So the system first because the people are so important. 
Oh, I love that. And it just, it, straight away in my head, somehow I imagine the Zoom calls with your friends and all that. It's so rowdy and loud. Like, so you got all these people here, but there's no system. And it's just like, you can't, you're talking over each other and it's like, it's not a pleasant experience. So somehow that kind of popped in my head. All right. Number five is kindness or forgiveness. I think I need to say forgiveness. I've never thought about this before. Kindness is good. The others I've thought about, this one has, you've got me. Kindness is good, but forgiveness releases me. If I'm kind to you, it's nice for both of us. If, I, if there's been an offence and I forgive you, then I'm free. Mm. So I think that's what I'm going to say. Forgiveness is empowering and liberating. Yeah. And mm. I think if you can forgive yourself or others, you are feeling kind or you're, you're feeling kind to yourself or kind. Yeah. I think it's still a little bit of kind. That is a tough question. Sorry. I gave you a hard one to choose. <laughs> did get these or did you? Yeah. Yeah. To- I, yeah. I make up different ones for different people. So right. because obviously you're the systems girl, I wanted to give you something harder. Right. And um, yeah, Thanks. but I've been playing around with different options and it, yeah, I just make up, the, make them up. All right. Well, we're back to our segment, our business segment. During the, the whole virus thing, did you, experience a lot of clients having been affected has it has anything changed oh yeah absolutely the sorts of clients that i work with typically they're building their passion project they started from scratch they've got a team around them but they're stuck they can't grow yet right and you can't fix a system overnight honestly you can't even fix systems in two months you need at least three and before you start to really see a long-term effect and so yeah, I actually did lose a couple of clients and it's so heartbreaking. I lost a couple of clients and I had a couple of prospects that were literally just about to start and all of them started experiencing cancellations, which pushed their revenue down, which meant that they had to cut their staff back, which pushed them right back into that survival mentality that, you know, I've been trying to help them come through. And so, yeah, systems is always about preparing structures for growth. But when people have locked themselves back down in that survival mode, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy where survival is that first level, if people are feeling under threat, like they're about to go under, they're not thinking, how can I build a system for the next five years of my business growth? They're thinking, how can I get sales and pay my phone bill next week? You know, so unfortunately it has been really rough. My own mode of work has not changed. I work remotely so we can record sessions. I can share resources easily online. I love the way that I work, but it is people being responsive and, you know, able to do that type of work at that time got a bit rough. But what it has meant is that I've gone back to the drawing board of my business and I mapped out an online course last November and I was so excited about, oh, this is the best thing, you know, Anne's Pants, going to be awesome. And, and then I did what we all did and I put it on the shelf and kept doing my day-to-day business. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling that out right now and starting to pull that together. Yes, so. I can't wait for you to do that. You know, yeah, I mentioned yeah. in the past, I was like, can't do it because I think yeah. people need it. Yeah, And like it will I- be a lot more accessible and affordable for people now than working with me in terms of time and money. You know, yeah. I'll be really streamlined pick up the video when you need it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so a lot more accessible for people. Yeah, and you can service for clients around the world as well. And that means we can all access you easily. So let's talk about the book that you wrote. What is it? It's oh, yeah. called the, yeah, the Freedom Machine. Tell yes. me more about that. Yeah. Yes, yes, Freedom Machine. So, well, this is a direct, I, I love to write. So writing processes, I'm one of the, the nerdy few who thinks writing processes actually can be fun. Because the whole time I'm writing it, I'm thinking, 
once I write this, I never have to do it again. My VA is going to do it. I'm going to get someone else to do it. So it's, I love the reward is so imminent when you're actually writing the process up and, you know, making it all just right. And so when I was writing a freedom machine, I was doing that for my buyers. Once I get this run up, people are going to be able to do this at home. They're going to be able to write, draw up their org chart and do their process maps. And they're going to know how to make a good instruction video or, you know, all because it's a how to book. It's literally a how to book. So yeah, it's the same reward. It took a bit longer to get together, but yeah, certainly. There's a little bit of backstory, a little bit more about losing my husband and why I do what I do. Yeah, but there might be 20 chapters and certainly there's one chapter about the little backstory. So there's a little glimpse and then it's just straight into Practical. Love it. So basically people will be able to build their own freedom machine through exactly. reading that book. Yeah. So where do they access this point. book? Oh, yeah. Um, on my website. Uh, so if you go to www.operationverve.com and then look up the services page, there's the books. Uh, yeah, right yeah. And, and Freedom Machine. where can people connect with you? You seem like a very fun lady and I know I love <laughs> hanging out with you too, but you know, where can people find you? Thank you. I'm on LinkedIn, really active on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you check out my website, there's a bunch of free resources you can download there and that's where you can send messages and things to me as well. But LinkedIn, I'm probably the most active. Yeah, yeah. You won't regret contacting Carrie Ann. She's lovely, very kind, generous with her time. And yeah, I think every business needs to really review. If you're lacking time, you really need to deal with it so that you never have to deal with it again. And like, I'm glad that I've built my systems and people. And during the coronavirus, I was able to reduce my work days to three days and I'm working less days. And I'm like, oh my God, it's this ability to change my time when I want to, right? It's not like I want to sit around doing nothing all the time, but when I want to, you can, and I want that for everybody. And that's really good. So I've got two, two final questions for you before I let you go. Because it's a kind boss series, I want to know from you, what does a kind boss mean to you? Oh, yes. We are, at the start of this year, we actually did an overview. I'll make this quick because I know we've got to finish up. We did an overview of our culture, our company culture. Previously, I'd set up, I had set up my company culture three years ago. And I thought, you know what, I've got my team of VAs now. I really need to involve them and make sure that they are not only on board with the values, but that they own those values. So a kind boss does that. A kind boss will will allow a sense of ownership so that their employees empowered to achieve goals and contribute to something that's bigger than just their hourly wage or, you know, work to the next weekend or the next holidays. They need to know that the work they do really counts and that it's appreciated and that it's completely part of who they are, not just what they do. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah, a lot of leaders, they forget, they kind of keep all their visions and things in their head and then people just feel like they're just doing this little job that they're... Um, no. Yeah. yeah, we have a, a... There's a system that I've got that I show my clients, of course, uh, for a quarterly review. So once you've set up your values and you set up expectations, you need to have a quarterly check-in at the very least where you actually go back and review. Did we achieve the goals we'd set last quarter? What's our performance like? You know, what are we setting for the next 90 days? So, yeah, it's that constant communication because the person matters. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Okay. Last question for you is what do you want people to remember Carrie Ann for? That's huge. Uh, So my, my core vision statement is that I live to be a superhero for my kids and to empower all business owners to freedom. So if I can do that, 
I'm a pretty happy camper. That's really very personal. Not very many people ask me about that. (laughs) So clear and precise, but just powerful. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being with me today, Kerri-Ann. I really appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Lynn. I look forward to seeing you in LinkedIn too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.